another episode of the YNK Podcast. Yeah! Today's guest just got traded to the San Diego Padres, and when he's not busy striking out motherfuckers, he's getting his titties lit in the first round of the Bolina Cup. So smack my ass and pour me a milkshake, because the clouds are quickly moving to the southeast and here comes the sunshine. Give it up for Mike Clevenger, this week on the YNK Podcast. You're, uh, how, what, a week into San Diego? Tell, tell us about it. How do you feel? Uh, dude, I've, I mean, this is a different kind of environment. I mean, we could be down six runs going into the ninth, and they're on every pitch, on making sure the umpire's on his game, fighting back. It's like you're never, never out of it. And even like the other day, I gave up like a three-run uh, home run in the first inning to Arenado. And, like, dude, they were just pumped. They were ready to go eat the second they got to the dugout. And sure enough, they put up a five spot and hit a grand slam. It's, it's, Crazy. It's yeah. Crazy. You, uh, we texted right when it happened. You were, which you, he ordered, what, 50 fucking Chug Buds, which you're a fucking legend for. He got Chug Buds for the whole squad. Legendary. Yeah. But you were saying uh, when we were talking, there it is. Number with our numbers on them and everything. Ah, I love that. Love that. Oh man, um, yeah, it was. Uh, I remember we talked when you first got traded, and you were just like, "Man, it's uh, feels like I got a whole a whole new energy. Like these, are, I already got some brothers here. That the the vibe of the locker room and the people. It seems like you're really excited, and feels like it's a great fit. You look good in that fucking Padres jersey. You look like a San Diego Padres. Dude, man, it huh? fits. It fits well. The it brown does. And yellow fits well. It fits the aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is our first time talking really publicly. I'm just, Sorry for the early exit in the Bolina Cup. I wish, I wish yeah. I wanted you. I, I wanted you to, I wanted you to move on. Um, the Trevor, dude, like, I didn't really understand the dynamic between you and Trevor. Like, I know you guys were, were, uh, you know, like teammates and kind of chirped back and forth. You guys were fucking hilarious. Like, even on Twitter at one point recently, I was like, are they serious? Are they tough? Like, <laughs> yeah, mad no, at each other? Everyone's, everyone thinks we are like really getting each other's ass, but no, it's all just, uh, we both have kind of a dark sense of humor, so I mean, you go for the throat. Yeah, just kind of chirp each other nonstop. I love it. Yeah, I love it. He's uh, what do you think about what he's he's doing? He's in an interesting position. The way he, you know, kind of turning, kind of the first guy, like kind of turn it, trying to turn it into an, like an active vlog where he's like showing what it's really like to be a baseball player. What do you think about it? Uh, I mean, I I, I like it. I like it for the most part. I mean, I don't. It seems exhausting. I mean, personally, absolutely. So Absolutely. I mean, I gotta commend him on his work ethic, man. To be able to For like sure. go out there and pitch the way he's pitching and be putting together this content. For sure. But no, I mean, I think this is something the baseball needs. I mean, this is uh, I mean, you look at basketball players, and you know, you know everything about them. You know, you know what they wear. Uh, you, you couldn't even name half the, a baseball team if it wasn't like your hometown team, like a lot of people. I know. I know. I think it's uh, yeah. That that's kind of what I. That's exactly what I thought. When I was watching, I was like, God, I can't believe he's actually doing this. But at the same time, it's like, it is a service. I mean, he clearly has a passion for it. Like, he, he, like, he loves chirping people online and, like, going viral and saying things that will go viral and doing things, which I get, and that's cool. But, like, I think he's also, at, it's, it, I definitely think there's a little bit, it's a, it's a service move to the game, too, to, like, actually try to bring it more to a relative thing like where kids are interested in it you know what i mean like this is the age of vlogging and understanding shit and seeing it right into people's lives in order to yeah. be connected and be a fan and be a supporter so it's like if baseball doesn't adapt to that then you know you'll see the slide like you said where people like the next generation like they're not really that invested because they're not 
fully involved. Like they're fully involved in every artist they like. They're involved in their life. They get to see what they fucking ate. They get to see where they went last night. They see the, what they're doing in the studio. You're like, yo, I'm part of this guy's life. Like, you know what I mean? And, and it creates that bond where like you really, I mean, sports is one thing. You're always going to have your, people love sports and they're drawn to the team and the support, but it really does feel like it's a, it's, it could be breaking down some walls for baseball, which I think it's a cool thing. And I think he's a good guy for it. Cause he's like, yeah. you know, like he, if it's his yeah, personality and he can be an asshole and it's like, you know, it's no, it, yeah, it needs that uncensored, like, you know, that kind of genuineness to it because it's so out there that it's like, right. It's him being him. Um, but yeah, man, we, we had you on the pod to talk. You, uh, you know, you you were very outspoken about the Astros stuff and just kind of the baseball stuff, the cheating stuff, and I had you on. But I really wanted to, um, you know, I'm getting to know you more. I really wanted to to share, um, you to share a bit more of your, like, your trajectory here and your story. It's really fucking interesting. I know it just from talking to you back and forth, but love to know kind of what what made you the way you are you're an interesting dude very rare in the in the realm of uh in the realm of baseball like you are one of i know tons of baseball guys and you you're definitely an outlier in the kind of some of the things you think and the way you rock uh but i'd love to i'd love to just give us a little give us a little nutshell of like you know you can go at your own pace but a little nutshell of like growing up and and and, and just kind of what made you uh like what the steps were to get you to where you are now uh, I mean, I think it's just a combination of really being cultured. Like I got, you know, whether it was dumb luck or good luck. I mean, I had a lot of time, you know, just kind of on my own, even growing up, just always skateboarding around, staying at buddy's house, couch surfing, just like, you know, kind of maybe partying too much. But I think part of that led me to like the path that I was on where I was initially supposed to be like a D1, you know, prospect to go to go somewhere. And then I was skipping school, partying, got in some dumb trouble. And then uh, ended up at the Citadel, which is still D1. They got me in there because I had pretty good SAT scores. So I could still, I was smart. I just wasn't showing up. Yeah. And then uh, I think, dude, I had, to spend a t- I had to spend a year and a half at one of the most prestigious military institutions in the country. And I'm talking about like dress, uh, bald head first year. You're called a knob. So you have a completely bald head. You got, I had to like fold my uniforms a certain way. I had a military crease some three in the back, a cadet book apart. Put them in my, my drawers had to be set up for inspection, not even hold the shit I was wearing. Uh, wow. Dude, I had to remember like uh, all the cadet book, the our creeds, all these different wars. And if they asked you at any point in time, you didn't get it right. It was a class set of pushups and shit, like 113 kids in our class and usually probably graduate with like 60, 60 to 70. Wow. <laughs> class, bro. Yeah, how, good, how, good. how old were you at this time? 18. This is what, yeah, first year of college. And then, uh, dude, you're, the minimum hours I was, like, could take was like 18 hours. I was taking like 21 or 22 hours my first semester of college there so, while trying to do all this shit. So you went from like being a dude who could kind of didn't even really want to be like the discipline to like go to school every day in high school was, was becoming difficult. So you go right from that to the polar opposite extreme of. Yeah, to of where that. you get expelled if you get. If you get three absences in a class that excuse you're expelled for the, at least a semester minimum. And if you get caught lying, cheating, or stealing, like any of those three, and it's even just word of mouth, you'll go through a trial by uh, what? You know, your peers. And then you get kicked out completely if you're proven guilty. So, so if you're like, took your buddy's pen and he was just pissed off that day, I was like, yo, he stole my pen. He didn't ask for that shit. And you have proof you could get expelled and never can come back to the Citadel. That's like part wow. of their like, prestige. Yeah. It was. Wow. 
I was oblivious to this. I was Dude, oblivious. Yeah, you to this. go through your first year just getting shit on, and you just gotta like wear it because it's supposed to be like the humbling process, bro. And I wasn't wearing it well, so I mean, I got to the point where I just was gonna have to go on a military trial my sophomore year. They're talking about suspending me for a semester, which would fuck my draft stock up, which is really just making me feel like they wanted me to stay through my senior year there. So I was a sophomore at the time. I was like, you know, fuck this, and I literally like, I. uh Word got around that I was leaving the school. So a bunch of JUCO coaches, dude, are hitting me up on Facebook, bro. Facebook. The Facebook days. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, I'm, I'm just said, you know, I don't want to go to, I don't even care how good the school is. I know my boy just left Auburn for this JUCO in South Florida. He's my best friend, Garrett. So I like, call him like, bro, call your coach and see if he's got room for one more. And he's like, what are you talking about? So he calls his coach. He's like, hey, we got you a full ride. You need to get down here literally by tomorrow because it's like two days before you can like even I was in drop back in classes when I went down there. So wow. I waited till I drove from Charleston, packed all my shit up, said bye to the coach, like before I officially like disenrolled and just got my little Volkswagen and hauled ass that day, bro, all the way down. And I'd waited till I got past Jacksonville, my hometown, before I called my mom and dad and told them. So they couldn't they couldn't stop me, bro. So I got past Jacksonville to get the pass wow. right through it. And then wow. called and told them uh, I left the Citadel and my dad didn't like talk to me for like a week after that, bro. He was so mad. Really? Yeah, they were really upset. Now, were you at this point already an obvious pro? Uh, not to them. I, I just kind of realized, like, I mean, I, I had a, we had draft day or a little prospect day where MLB scouts came my freshman year and I started touching 96. And I was at, at the time I was like 165 pounds. And so pretty, like. It's pretty firm. Yeah. Yeah, it was me and uh, actually Asher Wojciechowski. He was uh, the oh, coach cool. for the Orioles. Yeah, we, he was our Friday night guy. He was our Sunday guy. Dope. Yeah. Dope. That's what's up. So and what so, year was uh, what year knew, was? What? I kind of knew I had a chance to at least get drafted higher, go to any D1 I wanted to after one year in JUCO. Right. My parents just looked at the academic part. They didn't think that like even after JUCO that I was going to be like some major league baseball player making a living off of it. I mean, they weren't like denying it, but it wasn't like they weren't as sure about it as I was the whole time. Right. And so they were really upset because I had a full ride at a school that was going to give me a degree to give me any job in the country. It's interesting. It's interesting uh, looking back and and at our, our, where our parents are coming from. Like their perspective is completely genuine and completely like uh, like it's actually substantial, you know, like from their era, from their perspective, from their scope. Like, yes, like setting yourself up with a degree holds so much value for your overall life. And they kind of had an over, they kind of could see from like outside of our bubble as a player and a kid where like baseball is everything. And they're like, oh, wait, you know, like it, it, there's actually a good chance it won't be. So I understand that and I get it. At the same time, they're completely wrong. You know what I mean? Like times have changed. Like most, like I actually, like I'm a very, highly educated dude i went to duke and georgetown and shit i'm I, i'm an advocate for not going to school unless you feel like you need to go to learn something like a concerted like you know what your path is and here here's your best path you know like what i'm saying is like times change so fast where our parents are coming from is no longer relevant in that sense like and it's it's crazy none of us could really know but like now just going through a few different phases of life i realized that like, yeah and, and just the cost of tuition now compared to when they were coming up like that's life change i mean that put you in a hole for years for years you know what I mean? years and years and years in this economy and like this job culture and i i truly think now most people 
most companies, they're not hiring off degrees at all. They're hiring off specific skill sets and just basing it off that. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it can help maybe get you in the room still, but I really feel like now it's like, if people are really dope as shit, they're like really figuring it out, like 13, 14, 15 years old, they can start becoming really great at something, you know, and it could take them down. Well, the yeah, there's, there's coders that make great money that never set foot in a uh, university. Bro. You can learn the code and fuck. Dude, crush. dude, 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 this fucking dude I know just got like a $250 million his company bought. You know what he does? He makes fucking memes. <laughs> He's like one of the biggest memers and he's in LA. And like, like Jay-Z had a line like, you make memes, I make millions. Like even Jay-Z just from two years ago when he said that is wrong. My point is like, I'm reading this book, the, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And it's like, you're constant. We're just constantly, we're constantly wrong. Like everyone wants to be right. And we're like so tied to being right about shit. Like even right about the way you feel. But it's actually just like, as you get older, you're just getting less and less wrong. You know, like things will constantly, constantly change. You'll never be exactly right. Like all the shit and the vision you have for shit will never be right. You know, like it will just, the way he put it was like, we're just less and less wrong. Some people are less wrong than others, you know, but it's like, no one really has, no one really has that like gauge on what's actually right. What's actually good for them. You know, that's why taking the positive of every single experience you have, bro, or taking like taking that fall with like what that wound, you know, did for you alters your whole career, like your life, your life's like you said, it's like less being wrong each time. So if I can take that negativity where I was wrong, and been like, oh, man, I need to stop this right here. That could take your life to a total different path to where you're looking back. And that that road, you could have just taken the light out of it. Like, man, you know what that did for me? You know what that showed me? And then taking that, you know, that road to the left. You're exactly fucking, that's exactly how I fucking feel. I mean, I feel like everyone's example, everyone's life is kind of an example of that in their own way. You know, like there's, there's a handful, obviously people that aren't exactly happy where they are, but like that's, if you follow me on Instagram, it's like what I try to tell people, bro. Like, I thought the worst day of my life was when I had Tommy John. It was the best day. <laughs> like, you know what? Like, if I was your teammate in the Padres and I had $100 million guaranteed, I wouldn't trade. You know what I mean? Like, I just know that I enjoy this more and, like, I'm happier. You know, like, even though, you know, I could be more successful or, or you know, potentially more successful in another realm, I just would never trade it. And But, like, there's no possible way you can know that without going through the fucking mud, you know what I mean? And like, that's kind of the point, you know, like what I try to share the most, it's just super hard. No one can really get themselves, not no one, but people have trouble getting themselves to truly believe that. So you could limit a lot of your suffering, you know what I mean? You can limit a lot of the pain if you can actually like in the moment or at least in the time period, be like, you know what? I'm gonna believe that this is for the better long term you know what i mean like i'm gonna yeah I'm gonna, and then just getting that i mean i think the biggest turn of my mentality like it was going through tommy john surgery and the re, the rehab coming back and i like it took like a really long look at myself I and mean, then went like a six-month detox didn't have a sip of alcohol like locked in uh changed my whole diet started like taking everything really serious but then it was like the realization that like not even to be dark but like no one gives a fuck man like you're the only one that's got to give a fuck no one, you're like, no one really gives a fuck. Your mom is the only one and she can't put you in a, she can't give you a job. She can't, she can't make you money. She and can't live you your life for you. No man. one gives a fuck, bro. And then you need to, that, that changes your everyday, dude, your everyday work at least. Dude, spot on. I just got this, my most recent tattoo. It's a skeleton. I try, I could try to turn my, it's a skeleton holding up a sign that says, who cares? Yeah, dude, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. and it's just like, dude, I already just in a, 
you know, 10, two, 10, 14 days of having it, I've looked down at that like three or four different times and snapped out of what I was caring about. You know, like it was, the, it might be the same book I'm reading, but they were talking about just like, dude, everyone had, everyone's the center of the center of their universe. Like from your perspective behind your eyes, everything that's happening is about you. How, how is it impacting you? You know, like even if you're in fucking traffic, you're like, oh, fucking, of course, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and if you that's realize, like, it's crazy, right? And it's great to know that, but also it's relieving because everyone else is the exact same. They're the center of their universe. They're not even fucking thinking about you. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, most people are really caught up about what people think about them, but most people are really more caught up in their own, in their own path and how, how their lives being affected. You know, it's like crazy realization, crazy, powerful realization. Like you said, like no one gives a fuck, bro. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's between you. It's between you and your path and the decisions you make. But yeah. We'll be right back with You Never Know, You Know What I Mean, right after this urination break. All right, let's cut the shit. John Kilmer here with a fantastic new product. Now, as you know, we like to get down here at the ranch. We do a little bit of partying. And in the mornings, we're a little hungover. We're a little dehydrated. And what has been helping us the most is our friends at Liquid IV. Now, as you can see, they have wonderful packaging and they are a hydration multiplier. Liquid IV, the hydration multiplier. Now, one of these bad boys mixed into a bottle of water is equal to two to three bottles of water of hydration. Think about that for a second. I'm waking up constantly, hungover as balls, peeing bright orange. I gotta drink like a gallon of water to get back on track. With these bad boys, I'm feeling like a million bucks after just mixing one of these packages right into a bottle of water. And that's that's not just all. They also have a uh, an energy multiplier as well. Again, same type of packaging. I use it before the gym. I use it if I need a little boost throughout the day. It's made with all just organic materials, matcha, uh, ginger, just a lot of crap that's in there that's good for you. It's making you feel a lot better. Uh, we have a tremendous offer for you today. If you go to liquidiv.com and you use promo code YNK, you're getting 25% off your entire order. That's liquidiv.com. Use promo code YNK. You get 25% off your whole order. And the best thing about these guys is that you can get it at Target. You get it at Costco. Um, we just, we haven't, we, we can't stress it enough how much it's helped us. Uh, just get through some rough times, some rough benders. So make sure you go to liquidiv.com today. Use promo code YNK and get 25% off your entire order. John Kilmer here with another fantastic new product. Now I'm sure you're seeing that there are a ton of CBD companies out there. It's hard to know which one to pick, but if you want the best of the best, you wanna use the one that all the celebrities are using, including Papa Steve himself, you gotta go with Lord Jones. Um, we've been lucky enough to been using their products for a few months now. Um, they have everything. They have body lotion, muscle rubs, gum drops. I'm a big fan of the CBD oil. I actually supplement it every single day. You hear guys like Joe Rogan talking about uh, supplementing CBD every single day. And uh, I'm just a huge advocator for that. I love it. And when I do it, I use Lord Jones. Uh, we have a really tremendous offer for you today. If you go to lordjones.com slash YNK, you're going to get 25% off your first order. So use the CBD brand that all of us here at the ranch are using. Uh, 
lordjones.com slash YNK for 25% off your first order. I, I had no idea you went. You had TJ. When, at what point in the career did you have TJ? Uh, it was my second second season with the Angels in the minor leagues. Yeah, popped on the mound. And uh, it was like a year and a half recovery time. It wasn't like a good TJ recovery. I if my at least you came back my shit fuck my shit bodied me <laughs> put me in a body bag uh crazy what uh i want i want to dive into this a little bit you talk about it was your biggest struggle or or one of your bigger struggles uh what was the main what where was the psyche at where there was was doubt creeping in when you were just having trouble coming back yeah dude i mean i was like it felt foreign throwing a baseball, man, because I was I was always a position player, even in college, and a pitcher. So, like, I became super, like, I don't know, mechanical on the mound. And it was just looking like shit. I was throwing 90 miles an hour. But, dude, at the time, like, dude, I was busting, like, a second bus of 6'360". At the time, I had, like, a 30, you know, 2-inch vert. Like, all this shit that should be translating to the mound. And on the mound, it looked like I was just a pitcher only that couldn't even move. And, uh, wow. like, at the time, I was, like, already – you know, I was expected to make it to the big leagues. So I burned through my signing bonus like an idiot. I was a kid, you know, from the hood that never had any money, bro. I never, ever had money unless it was, like, money I shouldn't have had. And yeah. then yeah. go out there and get a signing bonus, thinking I'm going to be in the big leagues in no time. So I'm throwing, a, you know, 99. And then uh, I was just struggling, struggling on cash, and that couldn't work. You know, a couple, like, months out of the year, I'm trying to train for baseball. They were just wearing on my parents to the point that, like, you know, like, my mom, like, gave me the, like, almost gave me the boot out the house. And that's when I like, it was like that, that season was like when I had, it was like, I have to lock this in and uh, just went wow. out to Arizona. The Indians had me out there at that time. Uh, just worked on mechanics day in and day out, day in and day out. Just, you know, everything was baseball, everything was mechanics and working out and then uh, made the 40 man roster that off season. Wow. Crazy. Few things, one, a few things I wanted to unpack on that. You just articulated exactly how I felt about it. I was a super athletic pitcher for whatever reason, like when you when you find yourself out of the game and sitting there watching, then when you come back, it feels foreign. It feels for the first time something that was like innately natural was no longer natural. And like then another thing you said was like, oh, is that my best athleticism? Me too, bro. Like, cause you spent you couldn't pitch, so you were like, oh, let me get every let me get everything exact. Like, oh, I'm gonna be throwing hard. Like, dude, that was ex like the shock and the sad yeah, the sadness of like, how the fuck. Am I worse now? Worse. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like realizing yeah. that it's a crazy, it's a crazy, uh, it's a crazy like little mountain or a little ditch to dig yourself out of. Cause like, it's, it, you feel like you're a lesser version of yourself. You're like a lesser yeah, man. Yeah, I was at such an impressionable age at the time. Like, I mean, I was still figuring myself out and I go from being like the dude to like, not only not being the dude, but getting my tits licked every time I get on the rubber, bro. And I've never... In my life, ever had that? Like growing up, it was always like I might have had a, a kind of bad game here or there, but dude, I've never been just smacked. And it was like going to the field, knowing I'm about to get like hit. I've never felt that before, and that was like, from the depths of like, you know, no, gro really gro like, growing up. About it. I want to go back growing up real quick. So you were always just a, the, a baller, like no one could fuck with you when you were as a baseball player. Just overall, like, were you the man in your town and where you were at? Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of dudes. We had a lot of really good baseball players in Jacksonville. But yeah, I was always like, I mean, you were a, a dude. I was always up in every category of hitting, yeah, pitching, yeah. everything. So did it translate? How, did it just did that translate to how you were acting off the field? Were you just kind of like you said, you know, at the high school, you were like 
kind of just partying going off well dude i mean my first my first two years of high school i went to this like school you got to get like accepted into it's like this academic school not like a private school it's like a like a nerd school <laughs> and like I, I'm, I'm a huge nerd at heart it still am but like it, <laughs> yeah. it, it baseball the, the sports the basketball was terrible there and then i ended up transferring to the public school i had a good baseball team and actually was kind of like uh Picking which school I wanted to go to, it was like it was college at that point. So I just started throwing hard, you know, going in my sophomore year of high school. Right. And then uh, I get over there and it's just like a public school where they don't check on you. Or at the time, they didn't call your house if you were in class. They didn't do, you know. So right. I'd, go, I'd just go to my boy's house too when his parents were gone and we'd just, you know, sit there and just hang out. We'd go play basketball during the day. And, yeah. Uh, just, you know, get into a lot of trouble all the time, kind of. Not any serious trouble, just, you know. Ah, just fucking just shit that you do when you're <laughs> Exactly, teenage angst. Um, and and you said in the hood, we were a Florida boy through and through, right? Jacksonville was where you were born. Yeah. And what just kind of, I want to just kind of like when you when you think back to that time, uh, you know, were you kind of, was it a family thing where you just kind of were getting by and like that that was kind of your your perspective on life? Like, if you could put yourself back at that time, you. I remember you talked about when I talked to you on the phone the first time you were kind of talking about where you're from and how it made you a certain way. Yeah. Uh, I like to know a little bit about that because I think a lot of, a lot of those years are like, it's what makes dogs dogs. It's like what makes athlete, like a, a lot of superstar athletes, they're formed in those years. Like, yes, the work needs to, you know, you need to grow into your body and the work needs to be done. But like, your that mentality that dog mentality that like you need to be a professional athlete is formed in these times and I, i'm always interested in this you talked about kind of being in the hood or just kind of where it like can you bring me back to what, what it was like what your perspective yeah, I mean, when, was when we first uh we moved from kind of like away we were uh kind of away from people that lived in like the west side of jacksonville and then i was about 13 and we moved into riverside and uh you know, like I, I'm used to going like skateboarding to from basketball court to basketball court when I wasn't skateboarding, just playing pickup games. That's like what my life was. Was just like <laughs> swishers and pickup basketball, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And then uh, we go uh, go to skate up to, sit to the park right by by the house. We just moved into. I mean, I knew where I was in Jacksonville. But I was still like at the time I'm a kid. I'm thinking no one's gonna you know fuck. I'm just some poor white kid skateboarding up there trying to play basketball. No one's gonna fuck with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I end up going and playing they, like they're playing a pickup game. And they let me play and dude it was literally almost like uh, like literally fouling the shit out of me sitting there they kept talking shit and i see him keep whispering blah blah, blah. but then i start playing and I'm, i can i can hoop i can super yeah. hoop <laughs> so I like it. Uh, I it. it ended up doing really well and then after the game like they're laughing and joking they're talking to me and they asked me like you know why i'm over here and i was like no i live right down the street and then uh they're like you know we're about to just play for a few minutes and beat the shit out of you and take everything you had and i was like what and they're like we're not playing. And they're like, you live here now? And I was like, yeah. And then they're like, all right, we got white Mike. And that's when that whole thing started with all the kids. There's only white kid in the whole night, na- like or at least that whole section yeah, yeah, of yeah. Riverside. Dude. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of like slap. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. Those boys, like the, the games they played were like, besides basketball was like slap boxing, not the way you'd slap box like at school. No, it was like trying to knock each other, like slap the shit out of each other. And then this game called we where whoever would just line up like Oklahoma drill. It wasn't tackling. It was ever could get the other one's feet up and put them on the ground. Yeah, yeah. So this Perfect. is the kind of shit. Yeah, so I think this kind of molded me into the athlete I was because 
I mean, it was all, it was nothing but that every single day. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's a le- it's a high level of competition. You're like, you're like, it's essentially not for survival in the, in the purest form of the word, but survival amongst the, the, like being in that neighborhood and people not fucking with you. You know what I mean? Dude, yeah. it's crazy how, how many, I try to look for my boy blue. Cause bro, you're very, a lot of similarities. I, I was, I mean, very blue collar raised, but like got kicked out of middle school for fighting. Um, where I went to like predominantly white, but just kind of like middle blue, like blue collar level, right? Get yeah. get kicked out of get kicked out of there. I just couldn't stop. We, I was getting a bunch of rumbles, and then I ended up going across the city to like it was more like I would say five. There's maybe five or ten percent white kids at at the middle school I was at, and that's where bro I learned all the same. Like I was a hooper uh and and slap box and in high school yeah. middle school and high school i, I want to say maybe 50 percent of the fights that i got into started as slap boxing <laughs> and people just hit too hard and you get mad you know yeah the girl the girls come in and everyone and you realize he's start he's swinging harder now and you're like oh okay <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> crazy man crazy um so let's get back let's get back to the the storyline here you uh i think i think at the top of where you were kind of you were talking about tj now what point does the switch go off and you're talking about kind of the change in your mentality i think you were talking about you were second year at the indians or what year were you when you were kind of going the, when the mentality hit in was probably tommy john uh rehab is this when i really started like working my like i wasn't just relying on talent i wasn't just relying on natural ability anymore and uh really started diving into like what i was doing even though if i was like not uh, i didn't really know exactly what i was doing but i was working my ass off you know changed my diet changed my lifestyle like uh down goes down goes dude throwing like 90 getting smacked that's when it was like all this work changing everything and now i'm even worse and then you know getting into that next offseason got traded into that year i came back from tommy john to the indians Mm. that's when i came home had all that you know beef at home so then i had to uh, go out. I went out to Arizona and the Indians flew me out there for like instructional league. That's when we spent just hours on hours just getting my mechanics back and then went into that season and made the 40 man roster. So at this point, you're how old? Uh, after 23. So you're 23. You said you pissed away your signing bonus because you're like, the money's never going to stop. Yeah. Your mom's borderline kicking you out and you're at an instructional league coming back off Tommy John. And don't feel like yourself anymore. That's yeah. it's a crazy, uh, crazy position to be in now, especially looking at where you're at now and what's going on. Yeah, my mom's like talking to me about going back to school, like, and I need to like figure something out soon. And that's when I was winning that season, kind of almost knowing that like either I want to be for real couch surfing after the season if I don't start if I don't make it, or you know, uh, I gotta get a job or go back to school. Yeah. What did you uh when you when you were spending your money in that at that time? What were you spending on? Just like, just the, convenience uh, I got, and I got like a, a little luxury? A big truck. Uh, dude, I just, dude, I just turned 21, man. So I was just, yeah, ray, I was just raging, bro. It was not, yeah. I mean, it handed me just a bunch of money and I got away from home and I had my, you know, truck and I was like with the boys and I went yeah. to military college. So I didn't really get to yeah. do the college thing. So then I was just like, college now. <laughs> 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 yeah, crazy, crazy. Okay, so now. I mean, we could jump past some of the more baseball stuff, but where I wanted to, I wanted to get into is like from that point, 
right? You're what twenty? You said you were twenty three or twenty four. Yeah, twenty four is when I like made the forty man ro- like roster. Uh, finished the year in AAA through their two playoff games in AAA with them, and then uh, rolled into the next year was when I was on the roster first big league camp 2016, and that's when I get called up and uh, we go to the World Series. Yeah, crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy swing of events, sir. Yeah, dude, from the couch surfing the World Series in eight months or something like that, nine months. Where did you, uh, where in this journey, I'd imagine it's around the time where you kind of went through your hardships, uh, did you become more kind of spiritually inclined? Because I, I see you with the Wayne Dyer quotes, you know, I, 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 love, I love to see it because I, as I've become more spiritual and I look back at my time as an athlete, like I was a fucking... I mean, I was younger, but I wasn't like, I wish I was like playing, well, or at least when I was playing, like I, my mental and my spirit, like there, I was kind of more in tune with like the world and the kind of spirituality of just like being alive and being grateful and not taking things for granted. And like, you know what I mean? That there, there, there's a, and I envy you for that. And I see that. And I want that for more, I want that for more athletes. Like I want. I think it breeds a certain like, oh, don't be a hippie, bro. Let's go fucking work out. You know what I mean? Like there's a jock element to it. And it's not a blanket statement, but there's there's just, it makes you in a box in a certain way of like you're living in a very, very, and it's okay. You have to live in a bubble to be great. You know what I mean? To To dedicate yourself to something, but like putting yourself in the box at, in, overall in life, like, I don't, I think they go hand in hand with being a great athlete a lot of the time. Like people are, they, it's just kind of their worldview and how they're kind of perceiving things. And, and I see you as, as a guy who, who's kind of realizes it's bigger than a game. Like life is bigger than a game. Um, and, and it's cool to kind of see you like you're posting baseball highlights with a Wayne Dyer quote. And I thought that was, I think that's really fucking dope. But I want to know like where along the line, what you can credit it to. Um, and where along the line that started to become a thing for you or something you were connected to? Uh, I mean, I think my whole life I've always been, me and my buddies, like we've always like nerded out on stuff like, you know, the afterlife and consciousness expansion, simulation stuff from like, I mean, the OG days of YouTube, bro. Like, uh, God, I'm trying to remember the, uh, I mean, just following any Harvard professor that was doing any kind of experiment, whether it was with DMT, ayahuasca, like, you know, really diving, diving heavy into that stuff. But I was always still, you know, as much as I like disagree with conformists, I was still growing as a kid. And like, there's certain environments you get into and like, whether it's because you want to, you know, you know, you like this chick, you want her to like you, you want to fit in with that crowd you're with. And all of a sudden you're like, look back and you're molding yourself more around those people, even though internally, when you got home, you got to yourself, you got to your own hotel bed or whatever it was you were you and you were like, even though you're expressing that you're still dressing kind of like them talking mm. like them. And that's when I was like, Great just the older point. I got, the more I got to know myself and the more I got to be able to express who I was because I knew who I was. And I really kind of had a deep dive into myself. I take, I mean, I have a lot of self-reflection. I do that often. And uh, it's not always good. It's not always, not but always good it at can't, all. It can't always be good for like, you know, for, for the, if you really, really are truly like most people think like they try to even they can trick themselves that their 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 you know their awareness their self awareness is good like they're but really like if you really 
kind of back to the point of like you're never right you kind of everyone kind of thinks they're right about everything but if you're like able to constantly look back at your week like i just started trying to do this like actually like assess the things that went wrong and like take ownership for it but don't blame yourself and then you just move on and you take that you take that it's like experiential wisdom i call it where it's like you go through it and and like you don't run it most people just never face that i never did like i didn't even i mean you're light years ahead of like just hearing what you were just saying about a kid like i was i was such a new england like you know like I was a nice kid, but like if you said a fucking thing, I'd try to fight you. Just my ego of like, yeah, what? You know what I mean? Like, I'm the best baseball. Like, that's all it was about. It was just like working out or not even working out, but like just competing and playing everyone and being the best at it. And then like even school, like, yeah, you could tell I definitely fit in the dork category. Like that when I got older and I realized that. But like my ego was even in the way of wanting to learn. I was like, Dude, I'm, I'm not even trying to be like, I'm not going to, like, I'm going to be a baseball player, you know? But like, now I spend most of my downtime, I'm a fucking musician and rap, and people think all I do is party. Like, I spend a lot of my time, a lot of, a lot of my time reflecting, working on, you know, these types of things because I felt like I had, once I, once the switch went off, I realized how, how much lost time I had of like kind of just looking at it very, very, in a very narrow way, you know? Um, yeah, I hate that perception of like, because you do even show that you party, like I get the same kind of perception like, oh, I just, I hear he parties. What what are you doing except to celebrate and have memories of the people that you love and care about, man? Like, what, what, else, what, else, what is the point? What's the point of that, that paper in your wallet, bro? If you're not going to go like, like share an experience with somebody, how like, like what, what's the point on. of this whole fucking get up we're doing, bro? To just fucking build this empire that you just die on top of? Like, and you work like, Dude, I work like a dog to fucking play like a dog, man. That's like the exactly, the exactly. And and most people in the in the current model that people are ex expecting and have accepted as what's the norm, like even the businessmen, the entrepreneurs, like the people I'm around or whatever, like athletes especially, right? And the fans and what they think how the athletes should act, like in the current model, like the current model, in my opinion, again is wrong. It's just like. You work, you spend the entire prime of your life, the most formative years of your life, like nose down working to build something. And you, sure, you might acquire this unbelievable wealth. And like, bro, by the time it's time for you to retire and enjoy it, you don't have the energy to do it. Yeah. You don't fucking want to go anywhere. Laying you don't down want, somewhere. <laughs> you don't want to learn anything new. You know what I mean? Like when you're fucking 60, you're not like, oh man, I, I always wanted to go to France and learn how to, like, you know what I mean? They're just like, fuck, I'm tired. You know what I'm saying? Like I got grandkids, like I'll just hang out with them and sit around. So like, this is what I try to do. Like breed a whole nother culture of kids getting handed money they have to work for. And they never break that asshole phase because they never have to really self-reflect. Which like, is a horse. A you're, you're spot on, bro. We see we see things very very similarly. It's uh, I see a lot of those kids. I live I, I I live around a lot of those kids. Like LA is filled with like actors, kids, and you know whatever like legendary people. Their kids all obviously grow up in this area because um, their parents had to be here for work, and you see it. And it's like I like. I don't even know, no matter how much money I have, like, I definitely will never, I won't, I'll be unbelievably generous and give them the things they need and spoil, you know, what they, but like, I would never hand over a fortune 
to kid like to I think that robs it robs you it robs you of a purpose like you're just like wait I already got access to everything like there's a certain feeling when you knew you actually built it from nothing and you created something like you created this you can look at it from a bunch of different perspectives but like you created this version of this human you are now you know like but I see a lot of these kids and I feel like they they have they know they haven't like made any even just the person they are, like fuck the money or whatever, just like the person they look at the mirror, like they're not, they haven't really done anything to like create that person yet. You yeah, know, that's what I think a problem with a lot of, like, especially that age of like that age range, they're so against anyone having change just because it's different and their way of difference, like different than their way of different. And it's, a, they don't like to see you change. I think it holds a lot of people. I mean, it's people holding other people down. And it's just that vicious cycle of, yeah, yeah I, that, love. I don't like that you're wearing that right now, but this is some kid that maybe wants to be getting a fashion, but it's frowned upon because he's a male and he is, he could be a straight male and doesn't want to have these weird mixed feelings. All these kids, I, I don't know. I just, you, you have these stories all the time, these kids with potential that, absolutely. you know, it ends really dark, bro. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're a, uh, you're, you're an in tune guy, my dog. You're an in tune guy. I fucking love to see it. I try. I try. I love to see it. What, uh, tell me about the culture at the, in the locker room right now. You guys are just having a blast. Do you, did, did I read the text right? You guys chug beers after, after wins? I fucking love that. Yeah. That's, that's what it's supposed uh, to be. I don't know the name of the song. It's this, uh, Latin song. It's, uh, but the chorus always goes bang, bang. So everyone, Goes bang bang, but on the third go around, it doesn't do it. So I guess it usually gets somebody, and they'll still be like bang bang. But the, now they do. I guess the player of the game, that's he gets to scream the bang bang when there's not one, and then everyone just sprays their beer in the air and drinks love it. Love that. And, yeah, love that. It's awesome. Really love that. That's dope. So you feel like you have like a bunch of new buddies over there? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's been very seamless. I mean it was weird, obviously the first couple of days because I, I just you know show up here, then I'm you know, on a team bus and then I'm at the field and I'm pitching the day after that. And it was just like kind of a, I'm just keeping myself so I get on the mound real quick. So that first game with them felt <laughs> the weight of the world on my shoulders. So it was like, everyone's expecting like, this better be a World Series arm right the fuck now, bro. Yeah, because you're, you're, you know I mean? you're coming in as like a, a, an ace, correct? Like that's kind yeah, of yeah, frame. Yeah. Like I, that was, I like to think so. I hope so. No, but I mean, even just the way it's framed as like, at the way the trade was framed, like, oh, this is our number one arm. Like, this is our number one arm, you know? So yeah, you feel that. You know that. You feel that pressure of that. That's crazy. That's dope to hear you, to hear you say you experienced that. Now, you pitched well. Then you got you lost, but you pitched it well. A, it, it was a battle, yeah, yeah. And then uh, you got your first win last week or this week. Yeah, bro. You got the first win, and then Tony Hawk sent me a skateboard as a gift. I was going to get into this. What the fuck is going on with Tony Hawk? <laughs> yeah, dude, I, it's been the coolest, the coolest thing of my whole entire life, bro. Yeah, what I, the dude, fuck I, is going on? I, uh, I posted a tweet, like public service announcement. Tony Hawk Pro Skaters re-release comes out today, so I was stoked for it. He somehow got word of that through some Activision guys on Twitter, and he reached out to the Padres and they're like, "Yo, you know, he used to skateboard. Like that was like what he thought he was going to be doing. Like my freshman year of high school, bro. I was like." skate or die like i was i was, was going to be a pro skateboarder oh, and then baseball was a fallback plan dead serious like fresh crazy year. until i hit this growth spurt in the sophomore year and then i was do my feet were size 14 at that point i was six four like gangly like, i was like yeah. this shit ain't gonna work yeah and i really concentrated on baseball and basketball but yeah he found out and then uh sent me a board so i had to hit him with the 360 flip and send him a video back <laughs> he was like wild that's like that's like a an actually like super epic 
little little uh, friend to have, like a tech, like a guy to have on a text, Tony Hawk. Like it's it, he's just a certain he's like a certain level of legendary that it's like yeah. It's, I, I, I was supposed to tell everybody I was like I peaked too soon with my arrival in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, like you're good to retire now. Like imagine, <laughs> uh, guys, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I, told him, I was like, yo. If I throw a no hitter, we win the World Series. I can. I'm retiring after this. I They'll be like, done fuck. It. Yeah. Oh man. Um. Man, I'm. I'm happy for you. I'm happy we got linked up. It's. It's been. It's been dope to watch and dope to see it. Like you're. You're coming into amazing. I think you know that you're coming into an amazing phase of your life. Um. Now, perspective wise, I know you. I know you're. You're tuned in. Are you? Uh. Are you just like a super grateful dude right now? At your level of happiness. Where are you at? What does it feel like? Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would say without having to like consciously think of that, like it's just right. I have as many problems as anybody out there in my life, like all, like off the field, like whether it's family stuff. Uh, my dad's going through a lot right now, uh, dude. I got a baby mama. I got you know two kids that I love and miss dearly all the time. So it's always mm-hmm. I, I I think I I'm grateful because I'm I'm happy every day. I'm still happy every day. I'm still doing my my best to be the best me, and it's not. It's kind of over living up to someone else's expectation of the best me, man. Like yeah. it's overdoing that. Like I'm gonna live, I'm gonna do the best I fucking can while my feet are on this earth, bro. And the best I can do for my daughters. And if that. it's not good enough for you, man, then you can fuck right that. off. Like there's a what you just said is 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 incredible. That's a, that's something that a lot of people don't achieve until it's too late. They're a lot older. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's great. It's great you're you're realizing that now. I mean, I feel like I'm going through that process. I've I've just kind of grown over that bridge too, and it's it's a crazy level of peace. It's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, yeah, when it's you not always a- there. You still got to search and find it. It's not always just going to be there. It's not always just staying in that constant. There's going to be times you have if you don't have self doubt, dude. Then you have too much ego anyway. So you got to have that. It's all about balance. Spot on. Spot on. And another thing. And another thing. Takeaway about it is is no matter what no matter what it's a yin and a yang so like your your career your all this shit this all the gifts you've had uh you know more or less you you earned a lot you've earned a lot of it but you you're gifted you're a gifted fucking guy so there's a yin and yang to that you know what i mean and you're going to have and that's kind of what i i feel like i'm learning or try to share with the kid with kids that listen to me is like dude no matter what's no matter what's going on it's never going to be perfect but it's about just having this this feeling of like Yo, man, it could be way worse. <laughs> you know, it could be way fucking worse. So if you're if you have- focused on just making the best you that you feel like you could be, and it's true that you're actually trying to do that. I think this. I mean, it gives you that little bit of inner peace because a lot of people are going to try to bring you down and tell you you're not good. You're tell you you're not a good person. Tell you this every yeah. day of the week. Just so many people are going to tell you they love you, and it could be artificial. So it's still finding that center trueness about yourself, and at least striving to have that. For sure. How is uh how is it being a dad? It was amazing. They're like, especially they're like their own people now. They're three and four, so like, it's crazy, crazy. Yeah. Now. Like, I mean, I, like this version of me, like I, I can't wait to have fucking kids. I, I'm going to wait for a while, you know, because I'm, I'm very like, I feel like my lifestyle is very, very immature. But hearing how you kind of looking at life in general, I'm so curious to see how it feels to have a kid and like just how much that 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 level of like connection and even. Just if you're a spiritual person and like how fucking absolutely absurd it is that like you created something like that. That's what makes you actually feel you feel true love for the first time in your life. And I mean, I don't know how many times you thought you felt it. And sometimes I mean, that's an amazing thing. But that's also 
you know, it makes you really self-reflect on if you are loving what you're doing and loving like you, you felt true love. You can look at your kids really like it's innate in your fucking DNA yeah. to love that thing. And then you start questioning if you're really loving the stuff you're doing or the, you know, the people you're around. Wow. Crazy. I mean, I just think, I just think no matter what, you'll, it will never be matched. Like you can't love your wife. Like you love your kids. It's different. It's different. It's like, you know, like, that 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 connection like the connection as you get older how how's your connection with your parents now uh i mean it's solid i mean my dad's just going through he's uh just got diagnosed with parkinson's uh last oh, year so he's kind of i'm sorry he's he's doing good he's doing good yeah sheesh i'm sorry to hear that yeah no no yeah that's not we work through it sir we work through it yeah. these these are the things that the curveballs life throws all day where are you in a hotel room where you at yeah in my own little bubble now because of quarantine oh shit yeah okay so you're gonna be in there what 14 days or how long well, no no this is just for until we figure get these test results back we had to do the drive-in test and then oh you didn't get, you don't get immediate you don't get immediate ones no we i did when i got traded over here but we, we still did a spit test today i don't know why we did a spit test but we should find out uh if there's a game tomorrow or doubleheader sunday yeah have you have you had times where you felt sick at all or no have any times where you like I mean, I think I had it in uh, February. I think I had it like way before it was like Corona, like before people were really like knowing about it because uh, no one was really super taking it serious over here. And I was like kind of going out in Scottsdale here or there during spring training. And then like there's people getting it all over the left and right in Scottsdale. I had to shut one place down. And I, dude, I, I was just literally felt like I was dying, but it for like 36 hours. And that was like, completely normal. Like it didn't even last two days. Mm. And I was like just absolutely normal after that. Might have been. Might have been. I, I'm pretty sure something like that. I haven't. I haven't felt since it's since it's been a thing. I've fucking felt like a million bucks. But I've, yeah. you know, there's just off pure numbers. Like I've been around a handful. You know, like just off pure numbers. I feel like at some point I've had to encounter it. You know, yeah. so it's like whatever. Yeah. You know, fuck. Pray for the world, sir. Pray for the world. <laughs> what uh, what what is it like uh? Where are you? You said you're in Scotts. You're not in Scottsdale now. No, no, no. I'm in San Diego. Yeah. yeah so that's where dude, I thought I got it was from Scottsdale. Right. Uh, we're going to, dude, we're going to, so right before you go, we're uh, we're about to leave LA, bro. Go where? We're going to take a, I, I'm, I think I'm going to land in Nashville, but I, we want to, I want to go on like a road trip and just like live life a little bit and like rent cribs, live in places for like two, three months, create, you know, we got, we're going to do a ton of content, shoot a bunch of videos and like, LA, I'm going to hitchhike that bus after season. <laughs> bro, bro, come link up. Come link up Dude, for will. sure. Oh, well. Come link up. I appreciate they're it, bro. About, they're talking about putting a baseball team in Nashville, by the way. Wow. Fire. That would be amazing. Timberlake's on the top of that board. I've heard about this. I've heard rumblings about this. So it would be a Nashville team. Woo. That'd be a good spot it. for it. We love that. Hell yeah. I think I'm going to land there. I think we'll, we'll probably won't move there. I might have to end up building. Uh, so, you know, it'll probably be a year or so. Um, but I think we're going to, like, Scottsdale, we're going there first. I'm doing some shit with Johnny Manziel, who lives there. Um, Johnny's on a great wave. I, I've been talking with him, and um, he has a crazy kind of perspective of shit to share. He's kind of ready to share it and, like, close the book on on football. Well, that's going to be totally. awesome. Yeah, so I'm actually going to do, we're launching a podcast called Ball Don't Lie. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. Hard, right? Um, so yeah, I'll be in Scottsdale. So hopefully it, I don't even know how the schedules will work out, but hopefully we can get together. Yeah, no, yeah, we'll figure it out, bro. Either way, we'll link up my dog. Well, thanks for having me, bro. Wish I could pass you the wood through the screen, but we'll, we'll save that for another time. 
<laughs> my dog, I appreciate you, man. Chug buds, chug buds. For, chug, if I don't get a video of a chug bud, I'm gonna be pissed. Of the team no, rocking no, a chug bud. We get a team. We get a team one right in right in the logo right after a win. All right, dope. I appreciate you, man. Good luck. All right, see you, homie. Bye. Later.